Pandemonium Reigns. Yo, welcome to Pandemonium Reigns. Thank you for listening wherever you are listening on this beautiful Friday morning. Mike, my guy, dude, week four, baby. Let's just go ahead and do this thing. <laughs> it's all like it. It's it's here, baby. Week four. Uh, week four is gonna bring us uh, really guys team not guys. Schools are really starting to dive into conference play, so we got a lot of good talk. Uh, again, if you're new with us, uh, welcome. But this is not an Orange Cast meeting. We're talking everything but Tennessee. You can scroll on a little bit later wherever you find Pandemonium Reigns and find a special Orange Cast episode dedicated to Tennessee and Florida this week because that's that's the game that everybody's talking about. But we're going to save this episode, put it aside. Make sure you're following us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, all the places. But Mike, it's a good week to have a good week. Let's do this thing. Let's talk some college ball outside of Knoxville. Um, there was a game played on Thursday getting us started. Uh, so at the time of this podcast, this, this game is currently uh, being played, so it would be a shame for us to predict it. Uh, but West Virginia at Virginia Tech. And so there's something I want to say real quick before you get into this because I'll just go ahead and spoil the beans. West Virginia is currently holding on to a 13-7 lead against Virginia Tech. But this is the reason right here. Tell me if you agree with me or not that West Virginia, a game like this, needs to be in the ACC. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Um, it's a close proximity game for them, which is a rare thing when you're talking about conference play for the Mountaineers. And, man, I, I just – I can't – you know, we're we're big on tradition, you and I. People don't know that. We haven't really dove into that. Uh, expect more talk about that when offseason rolls around in a few dreaded months uh, because football will be over. But – yeah, we're big on tradition. Don't like some of these moves that are happening and have happened some over a decade now mm-hmm. uh, have been ongoing, which is wild. But, yeah, hate hate that West Virginia is in the Big 12. Mm. Uh, would love to see them in the ACC. And I think the ACC, I mean, it's not like the Big 12 doesn't need that, but mm-hmm. the ACC needs, needs someone like West Virginia as well. Absolutely. Well, let's talk this game just for a minute. So, Virginia Tech – uh let's see how long ago this was oh week one got off to a terrible start against old dominion has since recovered beating boston college beating wofford currently down against west virginia though uh that head coach i forget his name old penn state defensive coordinator is in his first year but i want to talk west virginia really for a minute started the started the year off with a seven point loss to Pitt, then turned around and got beat by kansas nobody saw that coming uh thumped Towson, Towson, I guess, depending on what part, you know, of the country you're from. And now hanging on again to a lead against Virginia Tech. Neil Brown, head coach of the Mountaineers. Is is my guy on the hot seat? Like, what is – is he living up to expectations? What, what's, what, what's West Virginia going to have to do to turn this thing around? Man, that's, that's a great question because – when you get a coach, or excuse me, when you get, yeah, a, an upcoming coach like Neil Brown, who had success at Troy and who many teams wanted, and then you dip into the portal and you get someone who's been all over, uh, JT Daniels, you expect a little bit more than what they're doing this year. I can understand that pit loss on the road. Um, Tennessee found out that's a pretty tough pit team. I uh, don't know quite what they are yet. Definitely don't know what West Virginia is yet. 
but yeah, they're leaving a lot to be desired and they're kind of doing that year over year over year at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Kansas is better than anyone could have foreseen coming except for maybe Lance Leifold himself, mm-hmm. but yeah, frustrating. And it sounds like just from some of the stuff I've, I've not had eyes on this game, but mm-hmm. The stuff I've been reading sounds like West Virginia should be up by maybe multiple touchdowns instead of up by six at half. Mm. Yeah, not good. Not looking good in in Morgantown. Things might be a little bit different had they had uh, come out on top against Pitt, but several drop balls affected that game. Listen to this stretch from here. Uh, they travel to Texas. They turn around to host Baylor. They travel to Texas Tech. Turn around to host TCU. Travel to Iowa State. Turn around to host Oklahoma. Travel or host Kansas State. Turn around and travel to Oklahoma State. I don't see a lot of wins there, man. Not at all the way it's been going. Because you've got some teams right there in the Big 12. Uh, a David Aranda-led Baylor. Texas Tech is on the up. Sonny Dykes-led TCU. They're 2-0. and um, Iowa State, th- listen, that's, that's, a, that's a team that's no longer a welcome mat in that conference. Oklahoma – Oh, I said that funny. Oklahoma is, uh, you know, pretty much Oklahoma currently, at least in week three and week four. Kansas State's not a pushover. Oklahoma State is probably the most underrated team in the entire country. Is there a win there? Do you, do you see? <laughs> I mean. Just just being the weird conference that it is, there will be a win there. Um, in fact, I, at this point, looking at this, it'll probably come somewhere where I'm not expecting it mm-hmm. uh, because that's what the Big 12 does is just unexpected wins and losses across the board. Yeah. Um, but, man, you can't – you can't even though, you know, Kansas is better than expected and mm-hmm. we still don't know exactly what Pitt is, you can't get – you can't let games like that get away from you um, because both were close losses and came down to just very – I mean, very small moments in that game to find it and mm-hmm. ended up as losses in their win-loss column instead of wins that they're going to need because that's a brutal, brutal stretch they're coming up against. Absolutely. I mean, they're currently one and two. Their their next best win is the game that they are currently in at the time of this recording, halftime up 13-7 on Virginia Tech. Uh, you want to go ahead and give me a, a, a prediction on how this one might unfold, at least the second half? Yeah, I think I think they're going to continue to kind of keep that VT offense underwhelming, not performing well. I think they will hold on here. Um, I would say that they'll they'll go on to win this game by ten to seventeen. Um, but man, they better if they don't. If they don't, it's going to be a season filled with regret. Neil Brown could be one of those coaches who does not make it to the end of the season if he doesn't right this ship. Hey, just want to highlight very quickly as we move along. Uh, inside of our conversation here, Mike and I's um, Chattanooga Moccasins currently down 17 nothing to Illinois. Come on, Mox. Tomorrow night, Virginia at Syracuse. Listen, Syracuse, not sure this is a team that you want to play. And Virginia came around and, and had a, a nice comeback against Old Dominion. Uh, give me a prediction uh on virginia syracuse here man um i thought dino babers would have syracuse kind of at a point similar to where they're at right now at three and oh um and part of that's because i'm a little biased there because he was at bowling green uh, a few years ago when tennessee played them and and frankly had a a a very exciting offense he capitalized on some transfers way before the portal was as open as it is now so i was kind of expecting a little more success him going to a bigger place um and i certainly certainly expect that Syracuse covers that 10-point spread that I'm seeing here 
Mm. Um, it's just like we've talked about, folks, not a believer in the things that are going on at Virginia. Um, they've had some fun teams to watch over the last few years. And again, um, that's not quite what they are this year, squeaking out a, a win last week against Old Dominion. Mm-hmm. Um, and just not a believer in, in much of what, what they have going on right now. Maybe Tony Elliott gets it going in a few years, but not against Syracuse is my bet if I were betting that game. Syracuse by 21. Okay, I like that. I think I'm going to take Syracuse to win as well and take Syracuse to cover that 10-point spread. Virginia's still figuring out their identity, who they are, trying to piece things together. Elliot, again, is in year one. And I just want to make a sad little note here. Mike, do you know how you know when you're getting old? I'm scared. When you think something is a few years ago, you referenced this uh, Bowling Green, Tennessee game. Bro, that was seven years ago. That was seven years ago. (laughs) You know, here's the dumb thing about how my mind works, just to let y'all in on this. I remember where I was at watching that game. I remember emotions from throughout that game because Bowling Green was having these mesmerizing injuries where they would drop dead for a minute and then get back up and be right back in, kind of like Tennessee's facing now. Yeah. Um, And then I still remember Kamara making that that kid just look so silly. I think it was a little swing pass out to the left. I know he scored Mm -hmm. on the play, but Mm -hmm. gosh, he was just so smooth. And, yeah, it feels like no time ago, wow, more than almost three-quarters of a decade ago. Wow. Telling you, it goes by fast. Uh, so let's liven up this conversation a little bit. Let's go to a top 25 matchup in the country. Clemson being hosted by Wake Forest. This is, this guys, this is interesting because DJ Uyagalalalai is, <laughs> is still is who he was last year. Doesn't seem to be much different. And Sam Hartman is back for Wake Forest. And that dude is a baller. That dude is a first-round draft pick quarterback. Expect that dude to go early. When Sam Hartman is in uh, for that claw fence, they are lethal. But we've got a seven-point favor um, in in Clemson's direction, even though this is in Winston-Salem. Talk to me. What do you see? Yeah, um, I was – as you were talking about it, uh, right before you mentioned, I was looking up to see where this game was at because I noticed that Clemson was the seven-point favorite, and then I was very surprised to see that this is a, a seven-point home underdog experience for the Demon Deacons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like them to win this game outright. I, I just That's just how I feel about what Clemson does offensively. I mean, it just is not inspiring football a lot of times for Clemson offensively. I know that they've still got dudes – all across the field, I know they've still got dudes, but mm-hmm. they just don't pass. And and this is the best way I can put it. They just don't pass the vibe test right now, man. They don't <laughs> inspire me. DJ's still DJ, it looks like. He's, he doesn't look like he's improved all that much. Um, I got I got Wake Forest winning this game outright, man. Forget the spread. I think they win outright. Probably a close game. I'm going to say less than a touchdown. I'm, I'm thinking three to four point win for Wake Forest, but not a believer in what Clemson has going on right now. No, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. So the upside, or excuse me, the only upside in DJ Uyagalele's favor here is last year's stats for this guy. He was nine touchdowns, 10 picks. He is currently sitting at five touchdowns, one pick. So he's a little bit better on the stat sheet, but the overall play just really doesn't seem to be that much better. Um, I th- he might be feeling the, the, the breathing of Cade Klubinek down his neck. But, you know, I'm going to take Wake Forest here as well. 
you know, Clemson had a poor showing against LA Tech, not, uh, left a lot to be desired. I think this is a game that can simply be decided by quarterback play. Quarterback play is that important in this game, and Hartman is just night and day better than DG, DG, DJ Uyagalele. Um, again, I know that we said this last week when Clemson was going to this LA Tech game, but this could be one of those games where it's done for DJ and in comes Cade. But I'm going to agree with you, man. I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Wake Forest here, and uh, I'm going to take them to win this thing outright. So. Let's move on. Let's go in. Uh, let's go back to the SEC for a minute, and let's look at the bottom <laughs> of, the, of the conference here. We got a noon kickoff: Missouri Tigers, Auburn Tigers, the, the Kitty Cat Bowl. Um, <laughs> here, well, you know, what, I tell you what, before we get into this, does Brian Harson does he survive this season? I'm gonna say no. I think a lot, of, you know, a lot of the chatter is that it, it wouldn't have mattered if they had beaten Penn State, which is crazy to to think about, but they kind of played like they were, you know, lame ducks is what is the way they is, is the showing mm -hmm. that you got. And some of that was Penn state. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think he does. And I think if you, I'm gonna go ahead and drop my pick here. I, I do think Auburn wins this game because I think Missouri is bad. Okay. I mean, just potentially the worst, you know, non Vanderbilt um, team in the conference. They're, they're right there at the bottom and Auburn is too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but you know if you if you can get Ashford going, I like because T Finley's out of this game. Uh, he looks like he won't be able to play, so yeah. it's got to be Ashford. Um, I think if you can get him going, get Tank going, man, I think they could absolutely run away with this thing, which is saying a lot because yeah. they they've played so bad at times. Mm -hmm. um, they're at home, which is a weird place for opposing teams. Mm -hmm. And man, I like I like Auburn in this one. Don't like anything I'm seeing really from Missouri. Um, so yeah, give me the give me the Auburn Tigers mm. by fourteen plus. Yeah, give me give me Auburn as well, and I will take them to do more than cover. I think Tank Bigsby can win this game by himself. That's a great point. I, I agree he, completely. I think he uh, if if the coaching staff at Auburn is smart enough to recognize this and say, you know what, let's not get cute, let's not get fancy. We don't need to put the ball in the air. Missouri is really bad at stopping the run. Let's just keep it between the tackles. Let's let's put it on some stretches. Let's uh, let's make them earn it because at the end of the day, even if Tank Bigsby needs to take this drive off, that drive off, they've got a stud behind him. Absolutely. Who, who is a house call away every time he touches it. Uh, so give me Auburn in that one. A uh, Moving over to the Big 12, uh, a, a game that <laughs> a lot of people in the country thought college game day should be at. Um, I don't agree but it could be my bias. Duke at Kansas, the basketball bowl, right? Um, Absolutely. Mike Krzyzewski versus John Calipari, right? Yeah. Uh, they got Kansas here uh, at negative seven. This game will be uh, at noon on, on Fox Sports 1, but I don't know that I can comment a lot on this one because I don't know that I know a lot about either one of these schools, but I don't know. What do you see, man? Duke has a uh, – they can hang their heads on a win over Northwestern to this point of the season. Yes, they're 3-0. and I'm a guy that wants to see teams do what they're supposed to do, unless I just don't like your team. I'd like to see you do what you're supposed to do because, frankly, that's something Tennessee struggled to do for so long now. Yeah, fair um, All that to say, not that Kansas has been world beaters or that they've beaten 
you know, top five teams here or what have you, but I'm, I'm liking Kansas at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a believer. I, I'm just a believer in Lance Leipold at this point, man. I think he's bound for a big job. Um, yeah, they've got the home factor. Couldn't tell you how big they're going to win. I, I'll, I'll just make an assessment that they win this game by 10 points. That's just a guess because I okay. really don't know too much about either, but I just trust Kansas more at the end of this game or at the end of the day. You, you said that Kansas has this home factor. Do they, though? I mean, they, what, uh, <laughs> what, what does the stadium hold exactly? The stadium <laughs> holds 47,000 people, I'll have you know. And it More is than sold Vanderbilt. out. More than Vanderbilt on any given day. <laughs> uh, and they've sold out David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium. I'll have you know that as well. Hey. Um, but for anyone that thinks College Game Day should have gone there, look back at the history of Tennessee, Florida. And I'm not talking about the way that Florida's won games in the series. I'm talking about what used to be top 10 matchup year in and year out. Look at the average or even the lowest available ticket price for this game. Hundreds of dollars difference, no matter which way you swing it. You could probably sit on the first row at David Booth, Kansas Memorial Stadium for about 100 bucks, and that ain't even getting you near the door in Knoxville come Saturday. That's Mm -hmm. the reason that college game day is where it is. It's already been to Boone. I mean, you probably could have gone other places that week as well, but Appalachian State is fun and trending, Mm -hmm. so I I respect that, Um, but not not on Saturday. So – Give me Kansas, but college game day is where it belongs. Uh, Because I don't know any better, give me Kansas. And one one last comment before we move on. You could take that 47,000, do more than double it, and you still wouldn't fill up Neyland Stadium. So, moving on, Texas is going to travel to Texas Tech. A bit of a rivalry there. One rivalry that I am going to be sad to see go once Texas makes a move to the – SEC, but uh, Vegas has Texas at um, and favors them by seven. I can't talk tonight. It's been a long day, y'all. Uh, Texas by seven. Talk to me. Wow. Texas by seven on the road. Obviously not terribly, terribly far a trip when you look at the way that the Big 12 is lined out these days, but Texas by a touchdown on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Texas to win this game. Um, because I do feel like they're they're taking steps in part of turning the corner, like they've needed to do for a bit of a, a while themselves right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what? I don't think they covered that touchdown. This is just my gut. Could be totally off base here, but I think they win it by a field goal, maybe six points. But I, I think they win. But I don't think they cover. Okay. Um, don't know a ton about Texas Tech, but. I really feel like Texas themselves are turning a corner right now. Well, in regards to Texas Tech, let's just look at their opponents very quickly. They got a they got a pretty significant win over Missouri. Or I cannot talk Murray State, sixty three ten, beat Houston in two overtimes, and then turned around and lost to NC, a good NC State team. Um, so maybe the verdict is still out on them. I think the difference maker here is I don't know if you know this, bro, but Quinn Ewers went back to practice this week, so he is set to be back for this game. Now, what kind quite of quite a bit earlier than expected? I think exactly. Now, what kind of what kind of Quinn Ewers are we going to get? Is the question if it's the Quinn Ewers we saw at Bama, Texas steamrolls this. I don't even I don't even, because they can they can open up the top they can throw it deep uh, they can they can throw it sideline to sideline. Dude has a cannon. 
So um, I'll take Texas here, and I'll take Texas even if Quinn Ewers is not himself or even if it's Hudson Card, and I'll take Texas to cover in this as well. Things don't seem to get any easier for the Irish as they travel down to Chapel Hill uh, and face the Tar Hills. But what's interesting is Vegas only has the Hills by a point and a half. 3.30 on the ACC uh, – 3.30 on ABC. Forgive me. Go ahead. What you thought? No, that's 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 a really peculiar line, and every week that we talk spreads, you're going to hear us say, you know, something along the lines of what does Vegas know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got to go North Carolina to cover that. My gut tells me they're going to win by 10, possibly a lot more going away top win here. Um, and, you'll again, you, anytime you hear me talk about spreads and who I'm picking – it's just comes down to trust. Um, I've seen North Carolina score points, score them in bunches at times. I've not seen anything really from Notre Dame since week one that makes me much of a believer. Um, you can really uh, pick apart that Cal win if you look closely and look at some of the things that happened. Um, and again, great performance, gutsy performance in week one against Ohio State. But I mean, I, I just don't trust you offensively. And North Carolina's kind of got it cooking offensively. Now, you can talk about their defense in the same way that you can talk about the Notre Dame offense mm-hmm. um, and leaving a lot to be desired. But at the end of the day, I don't think Notre Dame could win this if it came down to a shootout. Um, and I don't foresee them holding Carolina and that offense all day long uh, close enough to do anything close enough to winning. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, now, North Carolina quarterback Drake May has accounted for 11 touchdown passes on the year. If I had to guess, that's probably somewhere in the top five in the country. That's up there. But I'm also going to guess that he probably threw eight or nine of those in the Appy State alone, considering they both scored in the 60s. True <laughs> but, that. Um, I'm going to take Carolina here. I think they do way more than cover. Things do not look good in South Bend for the Irish um again North Carolina's cooking if Notre Dame I kind of see this tell me if I'm crazy dude I kind of see this as the Tennessee Florida game you've got a you've got a kind of high uh octane offense in North Carolina you've got a Notre Dame Florida that's got poor quarterback play so I see some similarities in there if Notre Dame gets down early it could be one of those where Mac Brown just puts on the gas, steps on a throat, and it's 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 over before it's over. Um, so give me Carolina, and give me Carolina by, you know what, twenty one. Yeah, at least I could certainly see it happening. Absolutely. Check this out. I really, I'm really, really intrigued. Currently, I will not be intrigued on Saturday because my attention will be elsewhere. James Madison is traveling to Appalachian State. Listen, James Madison is a solid, solid school uh, for the respective division and conference that they play in. Being hosted by Appalachian State, who almost beat North Carolina, who did beat Texas A&M, who had to squeak it out against Troy, now hosting a good James Madison. And Vegas only has this one. Oh, shoot, where did it go? Uh, Appalachian State by seven. Yeah, Yeah, touchdown favorite. Uh I don't know anything <laughs> about James Madison. I, I feel like we know a lot about Appalachian State. So in my mind, that's enough. Give me Appalachian State by – I'll take them by two scores. Absolutely. That's the number that was on the tip of my tongue thinking about it. Um, 
and yeah, nothing at all. Do I, you know, I know nothing about James Madison, but Appalachian State is so tough, man. They've just played in they've played a season worth of football in yeah. three weeks. Um yeah. and and have another just linchpin win that they'll hang their hat on for years. If they were the top program to do that, they won't. I don't think that I don't think you can satisfy a, pro- a program like like Appalachian State. I think they just want to continue to prove themselves. And I think they'll do that here because James Madison is certainly not your usual cupcake. Right. Um, and yeah, Appalachian State by two plus scores here. I'll take that. And I listen, I'm I kind of getting on the Appalachian State bandwagon. Has a lot to do with Luke Combs, who is a alumni there. That's a dude I feel like I could hang out with and just chill and have a good time. Absolutely. Uh, Wahoo tells me all of his crazy stories from when he was in high school. Um, Georgia Tech at UCF. How much longer? Because Georgia Tech just took one on the cheeks last Saturday. How much longer is Collins there, man? This 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 is not looking good in Atlanta. It's not looking good, man. Um, and just to be a 20 and a half point underdog to this UCF team is not good, not good at all. Um, I believe Lane Kiffin, when he said things, uh, he, he had comments this week about not wanting to pass the ball late. Yeah, that's typical old. Lane, typical Lane. Um, but I believe him ultimately. I, I think you probably wanted to find a way to get it over with because they're just wearing Georgia Tech out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand how long a rebuild like this, listen, should take to come out of the triple option in 2018, I believe. When was Collins hired? Was he hired in that 2018 cycle? Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah sounds right. <laughs> um, to come out of the triple option in the 2010s or 2020s is seemingly impossible. I that's mean, a, truly. That's It's very similar. Let me interrupt, interject for the front. It's very similar to what, oh gosh, you and I have talked about him. The guy who resurrected the program at UAB. It's basically raising a program from the dead and yeah. because, because the offenses are so drastically different and it has so much to do with the style of offensive linemen. So you're basically have to – you have to look at all the offensive linemen out there and say, hey, guys, you're probably good people, but you're not the offensive linemen I need. Um, go take your academics elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but anyway, just want to interject that real quick. No, no, no. Great point. Um, just an impossible climb. I don't know. Can't think of the word. But, I mean, just impossible. It's a tall task. And, I mean, they've shown some things. Like, they, they're they not a bunch of quitters. Um, but they – I mean, they're just not where you want them to be or need them to be, especially having the talent of the state of Georgia and the city of Atlanta. And, my gosh, if they don't hire Deion Sanders, if they let Deion Sanders <laughs> – or, excuse me, if they're not at least offering Deion Sanders, they're not doing it right, man. Can you imagine Deion in Atlanta with NIL? I hear, so I, I hear this popping up a lot, but what I don't think what people are considering is the academic standard that Georgia Tech has. And does Deion Sanders really want to deal with that? That's true. I mean, that's the thing is you can go off for the best coaches in the game or excuse me, the best up and coming coaches in the game, but getting them to, to say yes. Yeah, because the I mean, yeah, it's it's a huge climb and, and task but they're not even close to doing it is the problem mm-hmm. um or they haven't proven that they are at least if they are so far um but yeah good luck man just good luck i think he's gone soon the dion to georgia tech thing has a is is very similar to brian kelly leaving notre dame and coming to lsu for one to coach in the sec two to get out from underneath those academic standards so he can recruit kind of freely now listen to this stretch 
uh, for Georgia Tech because <laughs> it does not it, – It's there's no way, there's no way that Coach Collins survives the rest of the season. So travels to UCF this week, travels to Pittsburgh the week after that, hosts a dang good Duke team right now, uh, then hosts Virginia. Verdict is still out of them. Ends up drawing Florida State from the Atlantic Division, who is on the rise. Travels to Virginia Tech. Again, don't know about them. Hosts Miami. Not good. Goes to travel to North Carolina. That's not good. And then ends their season with against the best team in the country. There is a, like, there's two t- arguably toss-up games on there in Virginia and Virginia Tech. Everything else is an L. Period. Absolutely. Point. Blank. I mean, absolutely. The only way that it's not is if Duke is is phony, um, and I don't think that they are. Um, but it, you know, some like you said, their best win is an eight point win over Northwestern. So if it turns out that that's all they are, then maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're talking about three, maybe four wins if everything went right. And I mean, credit to them for being as patient as they have been. But good luck. I mean, it's just an impossible hill to climb. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, good luck to those guys. Would love for them to get to back to some kind of respectability. I don't know if that's a word or not. That way that they can at least, you know, give a, a few on the cheek, few on the jaw to uh, to Georgia in week 14. I don't expect them to win that game anytime soon. But, you know, like throw some punches. Hey, listen, um, little brother went up to northern Illinois last week. And Kentucky is going to show them how it's done by hosting this same Northern Illinois. Kentucky by 26 and a half. Yes, they win. Yes, they cover. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, they cover that game. Um, they, I mean, Northern Illinois gave Vanderbilt part of a game, um, but ending up losing to Vanderbilt by 10 is, is not a good omen for me uh, for Northern Illinois against Kentucky. Um, I guess the question is, can Kentucky score 27 and shut them out? Mm-hmm. Shots fired. Shots fired. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it, it, Kentucky in these games seems to play down to their competition. Here's to hoping that they do. Here's to hoping that they, they choke on one and, uh, and catch an L there. Hey, we're going to bounce around. Uh, we were moving in order of times of kickoff. We're going to bounce around because I want to save – one of these games for last. Boston College is going to travel to Florida State, play this game in Tallahassee. I'm happy to see this spread for Florida State. 17 and a half to host uh, a, a, a very average, I reckon, Boston College. Give me Florida State. Give me Florida State to cover. Yeah. Um, I'm taking – absolutely taking Florida State to cover that. Um, I mean, Virginia Tech, who we've been talking about to open the show – absolutely gave it to Boston College 27 to 10 um and I, we don't think a lot of this Virginia Tech team though we don't know everything about them um but yeah man give me give me FSU absolutely covering that um they're, they're going to do some damage here I think in this game really really lay it on them absolutely absolutely here's a game that also intrigues me in the Big 12 Kansas State at number 6 Oklahoma Vegas has this at Oklahoma 12 and a half so what if I'm an Oklahoma fan, or at least looking at this through the lens of the Sooners, I like Venable's defensiveness. I know that's not a word either, um, because Kansas State is a bit of um, – they know how to put points on the board, but they don't have elite talent. So, now, 
this is not a discredit to Deuce Vaughn or to Adrian Martinez. They just don't have it across the board. Um, again, 12 and a half. I'm going to take Oklahoma to do more than double that, actually. I'll take Oklahoma to just cover that. I think they win a 14 to 17 point game. Um, I want Kansas State so, so badly to win this game. Um, can't even put in words how badly I want them to win this game, but it's at Oklahoma, which hasn't mattered historically for good Kansas State teams because they're just, they don't care. I mean, you can play, get, play them on the moon, mm-hmm. and if they're going to win, they're going to win. Yeah. Um, they win a lot of games. They just don't have business winning in most years. Yeah. Um, so, wouldn't be totally shocked, but I still think that Oklahoma and that defense and then the weapons – that they've got are good enough for 14 to 17 points in a win. I think that's fair. Hey, I'm, I'm just going with what my head, my heart says purple cats by a hundred um, yeah. death to Oklahoma. Let's move on. I want to uh, listen. I don't know if there's a formula to get this out of you or not, but give me a rant as we talk Charlotte and South Carolina, because we, everybody knows <sighs> your love for Shane Beamer. Did you hear did you hear that lame, lame comment that he had? I don't know if it was today. I saw it today. Um, did you hear his comments about fourth quarters and what they've done there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Guys, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Ten and two in fourth quarters. First of all, no, you're not. I saw somebody respond with the actual record. I don't remember it. But you know what? Here's the here's all you need to know about this. When he made these comments, and these comments were picked up on the internet, specifically Twitter, because that's where I get all my news from. Um, when he made these comments and, and Twitter picked them up, it got Lyle Allen Jones trending. It got Butch Jones trending. Mm-hmm. That's how bad these comments are. That's how bad your coach is. Charlotte's also very bad. Oh, um, yeah. And I've had a lot of like, almost love for Charlotte because Will Hilly, Chattanooga boy, mm-hmm. I think he's still there. I don't even know he is. Uh, for sure because they've been so bad, but you expect this out of teams like Charlotte because they don't just reload. Mm -hmm. It takes time to develop and things like that. So down years are still things at places Mm -hmm. like Charlotte, Mm -hmm. Liberty, you know, coastal Carolina, though those teams are kind of proving immune to it. Um, Man, go, go Charlotte, please do this. But your coach Carolina is a clown and that's just a joke of a comment, but it probably won't matter because Charlotte's not, not, not very good this year. Correct. So you're going to take South Carolina to cover here? Absolutely. Bad as I hate it. Yep. I'm in agreement. Wisconsin is going to travel to Ohio State. Vegas has got Ohio State at 19. This is going to kick off at 730 on ABC. Wisconsin, not off to the start. I think that they wanted uh, with a bad loss to Washington State and a a Washington State not led by Jarrett Garantano, uh, might I add. (laughs) But uh, Ohio State is 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 dang good. Know how to knows how to put points on the board. CJ Stroud is is going to be a Heisman finalist. Put it in the bank because your voters don't know any better. But uh, give me give me Ohio State the cover, and so obviously give me Ohio State on the win. Yeah, I'm with you, Ohio State, and they covered that 19 points. Uh, again, somebody I'm really tired of, but. And, of course, they host Wisconsin. You know, I don't think Wisconsin's very good this year, but they're a team that does pop up in that that Big Ten often mm-hmm. uh, and a very solid program historically. But give me Ohio State as bad as I hate it, just like you mentioned, offense and the weapons there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ready, ready to see a dissension for 
those guys in Columbus. All right, let's save this last segment here for Arkansas, Texas A&M. Off the cuff, bro, I don't really know what to tell you. Because yeah, right. Arkansas is coming off that terrible performance against Missouri State. And A&M rebounded by a win against Miami. It wasn't pretty. Right. But they got it done. Vegas has this game at Texas A&M by two. So they're they're basically just giving this because it's in College Station. Give me your thoughts. What do you think? Um, oh, this game's actually played at Jerry's World, by the way. Um, oh, that's correct. You yeah. are correct. Um, but still, you know, home field, quote unquote, for proximity for A and M. Um, but I still, again, trust for me is with Arkansas. Um, weird, weird, weird performance against Missouri State. Maybe they were looking ahead. Yes, Petrino is kind of an offensive wizard. Things we've all talked about. Um, but still, give me KJ, man. Give me KJ over any quarterback that AM's rolling out, not named Manziel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just, just don't like them. They don't use their weapons appropriately. Like you and so many others have mentioned, Jimbo is stuck in about 10 years ago offensively and schematically. Um, and, you know, I, I just don't know what to make of Texas AM, but I do trust Arkansas a little bit more. One factor, maybe for them, is that they're looking at Alabama next week. I don't think you're overlooking Texas A&M. I don't think you are, but I know that they're going to be anticipating that that Alabama game greatly. But give me Arkansas to win this game outright. I will agree to that simply because I like Sam Pittman way more than I do Jimbo Fisher, and I'm not even talking about their personalities. I'm talking about their ability to run a football program. I'm starting to think that Jimbo Fisher can't do it without an elite quarterback, without a once in a uh, once in a century type quarterback. Because Jameis Winston in college was pretty dang good. I like Arkansas's defense better. I like Arkansas's quarterback play better. I like Arkansas's um, wide receiver unit, running back stable. Even though A Chain is solid, they just can't seem to figure it out. And it's not like Miami was, you know loaded with five stars or anything so like you, you couldn't you couldn't put points on the board against those guys so I think they're gonna have I think they're gonna run into a brick wall with Arkansas I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening this uh put me on put me on the internet here put me down in stone this is going to be the game once this is over on Monday um Jimbo Fisher's seat is going to be warm the, the headlines will be is he the guy in College Station? Absolutely is, agree. Is he the guy? So with that said, if uh, Jimbo Fisher is out, <laughs> I know that's jumping the gun, Deion Sanders in? Man, you know, I, I, think, I think if you're a school that's going to target Deion Sanders, that you need to certainly be – I mean, I think, I think that Deion could recruit anywhere. But if you're in a rich – recruiting situation like the state of texas state of florida atlanta georgia tech and nil is set up the way that it is at texas a&m dude i would make that leap um i mean it's a stretch but i i think i would make that leap because we talked about in one of our podcasts last week that the the middle class of coaching if you will is kind of broken and it's like who's who because all these all these schools just fire coaches and they fire coaches whether they're if they're not great they get fired 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just what happens. I mean, look at Florida. Think about Florida. McElwain, great candidate. Mullen, talked about for years as a great candidate. Did, just didn't want to recruit. Hated recruiting. I mean, Muschamp. Mm-hmm. He was a hot name for a, like a decade. Mm-hmm. And granted, he's proven at South Carolina that he's not a great head coach, but just think about these names, the way they rise, and then how hard they fall. I think I'm taking a waiver on Dion if I'm a school that's in a recruiting rich situation like the state of Texas and with NIL at AM. I I think I'm taking that chance if it came down to it. Well, let me play devil's advocate here for a second. J- Jimbo's problem hasn't been recruiting. That's he, true. he has recruited at a really, really high level. His problem is quarterback play. Yeah. Right. That's that's true. And develop development. It, it's just not there. And again, he was painted as this quarterback guru, the quarterback whisperer, and he's he's not. He well, uh, no, at least not at A and M anyway. So I don't yeah, know right. that I don't know that recruiting is the is the issue there in College Station because it's I mean, couldn't Derek Dooley rec- recruit to Tennessee? Couldn't could a Derek Dooley recruit at Texas A and M? I mean. Deion, you would certainly think so. Deion Sanders is going to be able to probably recruit wherever he goes. That's, I mean, that's true. That's true. He's going to relate like no other head coach relates um, that I can think of, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even you look at like Eddie George at Tennessee State, and obviously he's not Deion Sanders. He, he was a really, really, really dang good football player. Um, and by all accounts, seems like an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. But – Dion is Dion, primetime man, the flash. Um, mm-hmm. And I just think, and I know that Jimbo's recruiting well, but mm-hmm. you certainly, I mean, you certainly want to continue to recruit. You don't want to have one number one class and then see it, you know, fall back to five or 10 or maybe 15. I don't know. And you, you wouldn't think that it would with the NIL setup that they have because mm-hmm. it's just, I mean, they don't give a crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and Texas doesn't give a crap. I mean, you look at some of the stories that have come out about them, and and that's just going to be the normal, right? Um, and it's going to be above the table instead of below the table. And I would rather it be above the table if it's going to happen because I think it's been happening, right? Um, I mean, you can't convince me that it's not been happening. Um, and I know that's that guys want to go play for Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. I know they do, but I mean, you can't convince me that things aren't happening at places. Um, like Alabama, Georgia, and and anywhere, frankly. I mean, it anywhere. Is. It certainly um, is. So I certainly wouldn't want to see a drop in that. Um, and I'd want to, I, I think you would be a number one recruiting class machine at a Florida State or Texas A&M. Mm. Um, I don't know that he would be. We talked about Georgia Tech. I don't know that he would be, but he certainly could be, man. I mean, you talk about the academics, and that would be a huge factor. But things have a way of working themselves out when football mm-hmm. is serious. So. If they took it serious, it, it, it would probably find a way to work itself out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, let's look at it from the other perspective. If if it's not Deion Sanders, and if you want to go the route of quarterback play, for example, he was supposed to be the quarterback whisperer, Jimbo, um, and he certainly had good quarterback play out of guys like Jameis Winston. Um, and and as his time as a coordinator as well, let's not, you know, let's not sure. knock that. Sure. But if you want to go the route of a better coach, who do you ta- and, and I think that Texas A&M could probably target anyone and get you know a serious conversation ongoing. Absolutely. Who are you targeting? Who are you targeting uh, if Jimbo doesn't work out? Because I think that could become a reality very quickly, whether it happens this year or not. And they're still very, very early on in a huge contract for him. Um, 
But I mean, who who are you looking at? Uh, I think that's an easy answer, actually. Um, I'm looking at a guy who is proving he can win in a difficult place. I'm looking at a guy who is proving that he can actually coach in-game coach. And I'm looking at a guy who is proving that he can develop. And this is this Leopold guy out in Kansas. The dude is getting it done at a Kansas for, for what it's worth. Jimbo Fisher, his Florida state tenure was basically handed to him by Bobby Bowden. Very and, true. And again, he, he landed, he landed Jameis Winston, a, a generational talent, you know, at that time, say, say what you want to about the guy. He gives incredible interviews, but in college, he was a fantastic quarterback. He was excellent. So I'm, I'm, probably going after Leopold. I'm like, hey, dude, name your price because we got it, bro. Um, you're, I mean, he's doing it. He, he's, and he's doing it at a, an extremely difficult place. We're not talking about a Scott Frost who was doing it in Orlando, Florida, right, for UCF where, you know what, after Florida State and after Miami and after Florida have all cherry-picked all those dudes that they want, there's still a buttload of talent and speed, yeah. because frankly, that's what they were predicated on largely was speed. Right. All right. across the field. Exactly. And then goes and transfers to Nebraska and obviously just bottoms out. There's some other stuff that's come out. I don't know if you've heard this as well, where he just wasn't showing up to practice or he was showing up to practice, you know, not all there. Anyway, uh, that, different conversation. All that going back to Jimbo was handed, handed something pretty nice at Florida State was handed a pretty decent situation at Texas A&M. I mean, Kevin Sumlin, again, Texas A&M is, is one of those, like the university is going to sell itself. But as you've been saying with the NIL and, and all the other things that Texas A&M has to offer, like it, it's, it's going to recruit well. So give me a guy who can take, you know, uh, and de develop dudes – but you also are going to need to guy because Texas A&M is going to draw these five stars. It's going to draw these big ego five yeah. stars too. And you're it, seeing that right now. Yep. And you're going to have to hire somebody who can manage this. And is, is Jimbo doing that? Because Sam Pittman seems like he can handle that. Now he hasn't drawn in a bunch of five stars, but I mean, this is why I like Arkansas in this game. Yeah, I, I, agreed. I, I look agreed. at Sam Pittman, I look at Jimbo, and I like, you know what, at 10 times out of 10, I like I like Sam. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? If if Arkansas had been the place, and again, we've we've all but trashed this guy's play on the field and to an extent his ego, but if Arkansas had landed a guy like Spencer Rattler in the transfer portal, what I mean, my expectations would be double, easily double what they are for him at South Carolina. Not that Arkansas has the weapons or the lack of competition that he faced, frankly, on, on the defensive side at Oklahoma. Um, but my expectations for a guy like that with Sam Pittman, the guy that has proven that the Arkansas rebuild wasn't too much, would be through the roof. Um, and here's something else I want to throw at you. I wish that we both could have been asked this question. I wish I didn't know the answer coming into it. Lance Leopold, to this point, has coached in 200 career games, Okay. Um, and this dates back to Wisconsin Whitewater. So, you know, add that to your expectations here. 200 career games. How many do you think he's won? Uh, 
200 career games, let's say he's won 115. 151 and 49. My goodness. He's a winner. I'm hiring that guy, man. That he that he, he did well at Buffalo. I don't know what Buffalo was like prior to this 2015. Is the Buffalo guy. Okay. Yeah, man. The yeah. Buffalo guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it started, you know, somewhat rough there. Five and seven and 15, two and ten in 2016. Then he got to six and six. Then he got to ten and four, back down to eight and five, and then six and one in the shortened COVID season. Um, but I mean, if you can win at Kansas, and, and there's a lot, there's a lot of season left, but if you can win at Kansas. That's one of those just untouchable, unwinnable places, like like Iowa State used to be th- thought of mm-hmm. before Matt Campbell came along. And you know, I think he's proven that he's not leaving unless it's Ohio State, the NFL, or you know, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, give me a guy that can do those things. Uh, give me a you know a coach, absolutely a coach. But I do think I, I think part of the reason I answered the question the way that I did is because somebody's going to take a chance on Deion Sanders. Um, and I think it needs to be a place like a tech down in Atlanta that needs that recruiting boost that just hasn't been landing kids and has been in a weird place for a long time with that triple option and all those things. But sure. somebody's going to take the chance. Um, and I, I'm frankly, I'll be, I'll have my popcorn ready to watch that one play out. <laughs> well, you know, Deion Sanders is familiar with the city of Atlanta being a Falcon at one point in time in his career. You know, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but it would also surprise me that he's willing to take on those academic standards. Because that's very true. We saw the acceptance rate change at Alabama when Nick Saban got hired. It's not going to change at Georgia Tech. It's that's not true. It's it's not going to change. That's true. Uh, that's something that they're not going to budge on. All right. So let's say, just just ending the show here. Let's say that Arkansas not only wins but wins soundly and wins. Let's say forty two fourteen. Okay. All right. And and All right. and the story coming out of this game is AM's offense just they found nothing. They couldn't run, they couldn't throw. And it's not like the receivers were dropping balls. It's that they, you know, they couldn't get open. Yeah. Quarterback couldn't find anything. And and when the receiver was open, quarterback didn't find him. Stuff let's say that's the narrative, okay? Can you pull up AM's schedule real quick? I got you covered. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> Uh, after this Arkansas game, they'll travel to Starkville. Then they'll travel to Tuscaloosa. Then they'll travel to Columbia, South Carolina. They'll turn around and host Ole Miss. They'll host Florida. They'll travel to Auburn. They'll host UMass and then host LSU. Is there any game on there from this point on, if they lose to Arkansas, with that kind of narrative that you just can't lose if Jimbo's going to stay there? Absolutely. What, what are those games? Oh. Gosh, dude. I mean, if they lose that game in that fashion tomorrow, it's just a disaster. I mean, seriously, I would not want to be within – frankly, I wouldn't want to be any closer than I am right now, Rossville, Georgia, to College <laughs> Station, Texas, because it will be toxic. And any of those games, it's like if if that doesn't get him out, because I don't think I don't think his job's on the line, but we're so headed that direction if things don't change. But, dude, like any of those games become that moment because if Alabama is Alabama this year, if they're – the team that was rebuilding a year ago, air quotes, because they went to the national championship game and then they will murder Texas A&M. They will murder them. Yep. Um, it's, it's not a hundred percent solidified that they will, but Texas, I mean, Mississippi state that lost LSU is weird, but that's a Mike Leach loss is what that is. So they, mm-hmm. what I'm saying is they could absolutely beat Texas A&M. Do I think South Carolina or Florida does it? 
Not necessarily. Um, I like the AM defense against those teams, but those are such losable games. I mean, they are. Um, mm-hmm. Unless, you know, Beamer loses the buy-in that he's proven that was there, which seems a little frail at the moment. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see Florida going in unless they are able to turn around that passing game and beat Texas A&M. But everything else, except for maybe Auburn and, of course, UMass, looks so, so losable. Um, and if the situation just devolves out there, they're all losable except for UMass. I mean, every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Even Auburn. Even Auburn. Even Auburn because you know, they could figure things out. I'm not saying that that it's easier that they will, but, I mean, right. the, the blueprint is to get Bigsby touch yeah. after touch after touch. Um, but, I mean, they're literally, they're all losable games outside of UMass if they get walloped in that fashion that you described. Well, here's here's the thing. I, I paint this scenario because I actually think it's highly possible. Again, comparing quarterback play, give me KJ Jefferson. Comparing uh, comparing head coaches, give me Sam Pittman. Comparing defenses, give me Arkansas's defense. Uh, there's so many things in favor of Arkansas in my mind where I'm going. This can be a, the bottom can fall out for A&M if they're not careful. Uh, and then if you're going to turn around, if you lose that game, then you turn around and you have to travel to Mississippi State against a team who historically under Leach can move the ball well and you can't. I mean, you're staring at, at back-to-back L's and then you're going to go travel to Alabama. No, this ain't looking good. This, 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 is, this, this can go south fast in a fast, quick hurry for Jimbo Fisher. And uh, my opinion, couldn't happen to a better guy. 100% with you. I mean, I'm 100% with you. Um, I think I think I heard today. I wish I had it in front of me because I don't. But I, I think they've literally had less than five red zone trips this year. And if you think about that App State game, they had, I think, a kick return and then a big play to A-chain as well, like a 61-yard touchdown. I mean, I, I just can't comprehend how that's quite playing out because the talent is there mm-hmm. at every position. It's there. Even if it's young, it's there. Mm-hmm. Um I wish I had that stat in front of me. I don't. But, I mean, that's just so bad. That's just so, so bad. And it can unravel in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. That job coming open, listen, I know that we're jumping the gun because as of right now, his job is not on the hot seat. He's he's pretty safe unless he takes one on the cheek to Arkansas right here. And then that that conversation will start to pick up, and it will pick up quick, fast, in a hurry. Uh, well, anyway, hey, that's going to bring us to the end of uh, today's episode. Did you have you have something else that you were going to say there? No, no, nope? no, okay. no. I think that does it. All right. Well, hey, thank you guys so much for listening to Pandemonium Reigns and letting us tickle your ears with. Uh, we we'll spent most of our time talking about Arkansas and Texas A and M. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, thanks for following us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and subscribing on YouTube and hitting the like button and the share button. If you love us, listen, if you love us, you will stop what you're doing. If you're driving, you'll pull your car over and you will hit all these buttons right now. So here's my question to you. Do you love us? Really? Do you love us? Prove it. Prove it. Prove it. Love is love is an love is a verb, is not a noun. Don't tell me how you feel about me. Show you how you show me how you feel about me. Hey, be careful out there. Enjoy week four of the college football season. Make sure that you're praying for me and Mike because we'll be in Neyland Stadium on Saturday. And uh, if you don't hear from us next week, bad things have happened in Knoxville. And um, 
We'll be talking about that on the next episode. So until then, thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Have a fantastic weekend. See you, boys. Pandemonium reigns.